Hello, it is 7 a.m. in New York, 1 p.m. in Johannesburg, and 6 p.m. in Bangkok. Welcome to the Expat Happy Hour. This is Sunday Schneider Bean from sundaybean.com. I'm a solution-oriented coach and intercultural strategist for individuals and organizations, and I am on a mission to help you adapt and succeed when living abroad and get you through any life transition. What is your biggest social media pet peeve? When you think of the thing that you see online that you hate the most, what comes to mind? What are the things that people do online that just make you want to facepalm? <laughs> I got a couple today I'm going to share with you, but before we dive into that, we're going to look at it from the angle of those of you who are working online and you don't want to step in it like those who have come before us. Right? This is part of a bigger initiative that I'm doing so you can work your passion, grow your bank account, and love your life called Expat Coach Secrets. So this is a six-part free workshop series just for you. And I don't want you to miss it. On March 31st, 2021, I am doing my first power session for you in this series where I'm going to share best practices for those of you who want to work with expats on how you can help prevent regret and cure expat homesickness. Plus, I'll offer three things you have to stop doing if you want to build a portable six-figure business. We are spilling all the secrets here through the series, Expect Coach Secrets, because I really want to support you if you're an entrepreneur and a business owner. You might be a solopreneur doing this all on your own, and you're living a globally mobile life, which means there's that much more of complexity. So I'm not holding back any of those secrets. And today is like a crash course on some of the do's and don'ts that... Um, I see online that are actually really simple to avoid, but are important to name in case you get tempted to go into one of the directions that we're going to talk about today. Now, here's a caveat up front um, before we do that. I am going to give myself permission to rant, right? Because some of these things really frustrate me, but really, really, and I mean this from my heart, if you do this or have done this, do not shame yourself right? I get it. It is hard to do this on your own. There is a lot of competing advice out there from people on best practices, right? So please consider this a rant of love from me to you. I want to help save you from yourself. <laughs> and listen, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm going to hit my eighth year in June. I understand how hard it is to start from scratch and work hard to create a global audience from whatever corner of the world that you're in. And I know um, it's tempting when you're also trying to pay the bills or pay people that are working for you to do whatever you can um, to, to make connections with people and convert people to clients. But there are other things that we can do um, that are going to bring you further faster. So um, I am, it, by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like, yes, 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 I want more and more and more, go ahead and check out Expat Coach Secrets in the show notes, sign up for that so you can get part of those six free workshops. But for now, I'm going to start with um, my top three rants for three social media channels. And then I'm going to dive into one, especially, I don't know, 
a practice that kind of rubs me the wrong way that I want to call out and lovingly give you steps to do it differently. So it benefits you and those that you want to interact with. Because I know your goal is to inspire people, it's to change lives, it's to to help people have things at their fingertips that make their lives better. I know that your intentions are good and I want to help you um, be able to do that in a way that is more sustainable. Okay, so I'm going to just share three of my pet peeves through three social media channels. And I wonder if you have those same ones or which ones I'm missing. I can't wait to hear about it on social media to see what you have to say about this. But we're going to start with LinkedIn. I'm going to start with LinkedIn, my top three pet peeves for LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, as you know, is a professional platform for us um, to find collaborators to, if you're looking for a job, to get a job, to share what your business does, right? So here are my top three pet peeves. Most of these are business related and some of them are just because they bother the crap out of me and I can't help but mention it. (laughs) So you're going to get a little bit of a mixed bag here in these three social media posts. All right. Drum roll. Number three, linking on the platform so that they can get to people in my network without establishing a relationship with me first. Ick, right? Like, so you just linked so you can get to the person I'm linked to and didn't even pause along the way to find out who I am. In fact, the problem with this is if you got to know me, I might be able to make a warm introduction to you so that you can fast track your relationship with them. But just kind of, and I don't mean this judgmental, but I mean it from like a understanding of a core need, like a greedily going in and then trying to get to someone. I get that because you, you need to pay the bills. You need to convert clients. You need to, you need to, you need to, right? But if we pause and we think about not from like the technical side, click, accept, now I'm linked, I can see their context. But from the human relationship side, if we were in uh, an apartment complex and you needed to get into the front door and there's someone who had the key to the front door let you in, wouldn't you make eye contact with them and say, hey, thanks for letting me in. How long have you lived here? What a great building. Do you like the neighborhood? Right? It's the same thing here with LinkedIn, let's get over the fact that it's an online platform and let's start treating people like people. And this is something I am have recently started doing more of with LinkedIn is when I do link with them, um, I'm being more mindful of saying, hey, let's actually meet each other. Let's have a quick 30-minute chat to get to know each other. At least just say hi, kind of understand context. And, and maybe we never talk again, but at least we've made that touch point. So really using LinkedIn more um, from a relationship perspective rather than a platform perspective. So if you are linking with someone, make sure that you just pause and say hello and maybe share something. And I would also say, share something personal about you, not just professional. Like, hey, I noticed that we've both lived in Abu Dhabi. Or hey, I noticed that you're also really passionate about anti-racism initiatives where you can actually speak as a person, not just a professional. Because I think in LinkedIn, we're, we're very clear that it's a professional platform, but we forget to make that personal connection. Not a creepy connection, <laughs> a 
personal connection, but I'll say more about that in a second. Okay. That's number three. Number two, my second biggest pet peeve on LinkedIn. Oh, this is a big one. When marketing or other salespeople pitch to me before we've exchanged anything or know each other at all and promise me things I've already achieved. Right, there's so much wrong with this. One that people go from from being connected to sales pitch, and second, they don't even know who I am or understand my business, and are actually trying to promise or sell me things that I've already, I'm already good. Like I'm good. I got that. Right. I had someone try to um, sell me a product to help do dig- a digital course. I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I got a global digital course. I'm good. So that is really icky. Um, there's a lot, I'm going to say more, um, throughout the podcast that connects to that, but you're going to be able to, um, connect the dots when we go deeper at the, at the mid part of our podcast, why this isn't working and what we can do differently. And then the number one thing that bothers me about LinkedIn which I just have to say out loud, is men connecting with me saying they like my smile or that they, quote, feel like we've been brought together by serendipity. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can't even. Like there's so much wrong here. I have people from LinkedIn doing this in the, the direct messages. I get emails using my, you know, my email from LinkedIn with pictures of them and all kinds of stuff. I'm sure it's a scam, but I'm like, no, 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 no. This is creepy. And this is not a dating site. Right. So I just had to say that out loud. I know I'm not the only one. It is, it makes me so mad because one time I was in the middle of putting together a really high level business proposal for a client. And I thought, oh, here's someone on LinkedIn trying to get, you know, to reach out to me with a question. And that was this creepy email. And I'm like, you've completely distracted me. Now I'm thinking about the patriarchy and not about my business client, right? So knock it off. (laughs) I know there's no creepy men listening at all, but I just needed to say that to the universe because it makes me crazy. All right. That's LinkedIn. Those are my top three. I'm curious to hear from you and I can't wait till we talk about this on social media. Um, What are your top pet peeves that you see happening in LinkedIn? Okay. Now let's go to Instagram. Now, Instagram is a platform I haven't been on very long. Um, I have an account, but I've just started posting. I'm actually using Instagram to just share more of my everyday life, um, some business stuff, but more just like regular stuff of me. I don't know, boxing or on vacation or things like that. But um, so I'm getting to know Instagram. I use Instagram for a lot of really important um, learning. Uh, I follow some key leaders, um, people who are very present in the DEI space where I'm so grateful for the platforms they've created to help me um, keep abreast on the the latest urgent topics and where we need to focus our attention. So Instagram, I think, is this wonderful platform for many reasons. But so far, here are the things, just from a business perspective, that I've seen that bother me on Instagram. And if you're doing this, it's like time to stop. (laughs) Okay, the first one is, is really harmless. Number three is obvious stock photos, 
right? So if you run a business and this is a visual platform, right? Instagram is about imagery and you're using obvious stock photos. Oh, you're like missing an opportunity to share who you are and what you're about and your inner, your inner behind the scenes life, um, and business, right? So I know it's tempting. If you are going to draw stock photos uh, for a program and things like that, then make sure that the other things that you're doing are really uh, compensating for that to get away from that stock imagery. Because we want to know your personality. We want to know, we want to feel you through these images. Okay. Number two, this is from the expat space. I don't know about you, but when I go to hashtag expat, all I see are like glamorous shots. And I don't buy it for a second. I don't know about you, but this is what I don't like about the expat space for Instagram. When I do hashtag expat, it is like expat life is just made of fancy martinis and beautiful sunsets. Like, are you kidding me? Like where is standing at the line for passport renewal? Where is the loneliness at home, missing family? Where are the toddlers on the hips? Where is the, you know, the language uh, misunderstandings? Like this is not, this is not a way to understand expat life by just going to, to that, because all I'm seeing is that very filtered aspect of expat life. And I am, I am absolutely about the straight talk about expat life and the, the real aspects of it. And um, what we see when we look at expat, we don't see the diversity of people living abroad that really exists. It's a very filtered way. And of course, that's Instagram has filters, right? But that's what bothers me, because if you want to get a sense of expat life, it's just like reifying the stereotypes. Um, of what is sort of this image of what an expat should be. And if you're living a globally mobile life, you know, it is not like that at all. Not that there aren't moments that might, might be beautiful on a market or, you know, in nature or, you know, some moment of, of peace for yourself, but, but our life is way more complex than that. And it's a lot messier than that. Okay. And number one, this is more of a business perspective. Number one, the thing that bothers me on Instagram is direct messages into my IG with a group of people I don't know and a link. And it is so spammy. And um, I don't even like it when they're like, hey, sorry to pop into your DM, but here's the thing. You know, here's the sales thing. And I'm just like, no, you actually do brand damage that way. You know, if, um, because I didn't know about you before and now I know about you and I don't like you now (laughs) because you just spammed me. So there's got to be a more authentic way to do that. Um, If you're going to go into people's DMs, what is a way that you can do that more authentically? And again, I'm going to give a framework in a little bit, which will give you some ideas on how you might want to do that. Okay. I am again, I'm curious with Instagram, which ones do you agree with? Which ones are on your list of frustration? What do you wish people didn't do or did differently? on that platform. Okay. Now let's go to Facebook. And I know there's so much to say about Facebook. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Here are three things that I noted from the solopreneur perspective, the business perspective that I see going on that people just need to stop because it's, it's not okay. And number three is DMing people from a Facebook group thread without their permission. So if you're in a Facebook group and you're sharing something or you're struggling with something and then someone DMs you without 
your permission, ick, that doesn't feel good. It would be really easy to just reply to their comment and say, hey, would you mind if I DM'd you? I've got a couple thoughts. And then they can say yes or no, but don't do it without permission. Number two. Oh, this one gets me. When you're in a Facebook group and you've got something to sell or you're, you have a business and you go into someone else's Facebook group and you write a post that is self-promotional, but you write it to make it seem like it isn't. Everybody can tell, right? Like we are savvy. This isn't 2013 where we were brand new with Facebook groups and just trying to figure it out. Like we, we see that, we see through that. And so don't do that right? Like you can be a service and, and do like what I say to my kids all the time, show them, don't tell them, right? So that's number two. And number one, this one, I cannot, I cannot handle Facebook groups. When you are in a Facebook group and you pitch your services in a Facebook group hosted by a person who sells that service, right? So let's say you're in a yoga Facebook group, and the leader of the group is a yoga instructor and she does, you know, online yoga. And then you pitch in the Facebook group of this yoga instructor that you can sell yoga. That is just bad form unless it's in the rules and the guidelines that she wants people to sell their services, wants to tell people, right? That, and that's a whole different story. But that is, is icky. And I've seen it happen over and over again. And like I said, I'm, this is, these are things that frustrate me and I get it. Like if you, you're, you're, you learn from so many different people in the industry, there's so many voices in marketing and sales, um, so many people telling you how to make it online. And some of those messages are, you know, pitch yourself, pitch yourself, tell people about what you do, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, and that's all very well and good, but it's when and how that I think people need to work on. And I do get it. If you really, you need to pay the bills, you need to step out there, you need to be courageous. I get it. But these are some things I think it's time to let go, right? It's time to do things better. So those were my rants. Like, I'm like hyperventilating over here because those things get me so bad. I'm curious to hear from you with your, what are your Facebook rants? Like what are the things that you don't like seeing? And the reason why this conversation I think is important is that you know, I, I can't wait for this, this to go live and us to talk about it because you might, I might be doing something that I don't know. Right. And you might be doing something that you don't know. And to hear what people appreciate and don't appreciate is really great, uh, learning material to understand what's working and what's not working, what's worth your energy and what's not. The next one that I have is, um, it came to me because I've gotten several emails similar to this and not recently. So if anybody has recently emailed me um, in this direction, don't worry, I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I'm thinking about some things a while ago that came into my inbox. Um, and it's, it is this delicate thing, right? Of how, how do we do this? So let me just say a little bit about about this. And then we're going to go into more detail. It's when you get an email out of the blue and there's something in the email where someone says we should collaborate. Right. And when you, when you hear that, like when the email is written, that the email is written from a place of courage, it's, it's a place of proactivity. It's to reach out. And it's all of those things are exactly what you need to be doing. Right. Right. 
However, if it's not done in the right way or at the right timing, then it can feel like you just walked into a bar to have a drink and have a little solitude and someone stands next to you, introduces himself, and instead of shaking their hand, they like you know, make a move to go in for the big kiss. And you're like, oh, whoa, 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 this is happening too fast. Like eye contact, I can barely even see who you are. I don't even know your name, right? So, and and that is, um, it's not meant like that at all. But if you're a busy entrepreneur or if you're established in the field, it, it can feel like that, right? It can be too much too fast. So what can you do instead, right? Well, the answer is not do nothing, right? That's not the answer. Um, it, it isn't avoid it completely, right? But there are things that you can do that, um, that will really create, if we're going to take this bar metaphor a little further, like a wonderful evening together where you meet someone new and you remember their conversation and you remember who they are and you walk away feeling like, wow, they're interesting. Like that's what would be a better night, so to speak. So I'm going to dive in um, with a seven-step process for those of you who are running your own business and really working hard to partner with other people to help amplify your business, um, to maybe reach new audiences or create new programs, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a seven-step process that I've shared um, with my Expat Coach Coalition um, and it was actually because I was really praising one of my members for doing it right. And it brought up to me how, um, how many people do it wrong, right? So when you want to collaborate with someone, uh, if you're in a position where you're you know, maybe relatively new to the business or you want to step up in your business, the first thing I would do is identify people in your space that you think would be that would be beneficial um, for your objectives, but also would benefit from your collaboration, right? So write down the people that come to mind, like, God, I would love to collaborate with them because not only would that be amazing for me, but I know that I have value for them, right? And that is really important. I think it's important to start there, really think from the very beginning around mutual benefit and, and get those ideas on the table, and write them down. And then once you have that list, pick three of them. Let's just start there. And your first step isn't to reach out and, and write that email. It's one, to get to know them, right? So before anything, get to know them. And that is step one, get to know them is follow their work on social media. Understand their products. Understand their personality understand their target audience, right? That is the very first step because anything you do after that will be much richer, much richer than if you start cold, right? And it's a four-part process on, you know, follow their work on social media, understand their products or personality and who their ideal clients are, because that will give you such rich fodder to work with, um, for the next step. So get to know them. And they might be well-known in your space, so you feel like, oh, I already know who they are. But have you really dived into their work, 
right? Um, do you know what products they're offering? Do you know what their passion projects are, what they believe in, what they do in their free time, right? Um, based on what they share on, on Instagram. And I'm not saying be creepy and stalk them. I'm saying what is available publicly <laughs> that they're sharing freely and then get to know them. And that will help you with the next step. So step two is introduce yourself. And, and the introduction is really, really um, very, very specific. So when you introduce yourself, you know them now through your research, but now they're going to get to know you. So this is a moment where you get to know each other. And the very simple step I want you to do only in that, in this step with introduce yourself, is say what you appreciate about their work and why. Say what you appreciate about their work and why. And when you introduce yourself, could be something like, hey, I've been following your work since, you know, for three years. Um, I see that you're also a fan of running and you also struggle with a toddler like I do. Um, that always makes me giggle when I see that on Instagram. I just want to reach out and tell you thank you for what you're doing um, with your passion project, because that is also something that I really believe in. And it means a lot to see a business owner donating for, let's say, animal rights, right? So that in that introduction, they, they have a little bit of a personal side of you. They know a little bit about you professionally, but your whole point of that introduction is to just make transparent what you appreciate about their work and thank them. That's it. So that's the introduction. It's primarily around making transparent what you appreciate about how they show up in their business. Okay, so you've done that. I wonder if they're going to respond, right? Maybe they will. Um, if you if you don't land in the promo folder and spam folder, that happens, unfortunately. Um, or if you know they get a ton of emails, it might take a while. You could always um, follow up and just check in. But what um, you'll probably get is a response from them or from their team, right? Of appreciation for the time that you took to, to share that, right? And then what you can do as step three is let them get to know you. And now this is where um, this is where it might be different from what other people have shared with you. You let you let them get to know you because what are you doing? you are engaging on their social media, right? You're responding. You are, you're around. And if you have a social media account, you know who makes comments and who likes your stuff or who adds value in, in the comments. Let them get to know you because if you truly are interested in their work and you do have them on your radar for collaborating, if they get to know you through how you engage with their work, that's a great, very um, low risk way for them to get to know you. Okay, so you've done that. You got to know them. You've introduced yourself and thanked them for how they're showing up and what you appreciate about them. You're also actively engaging in their spaces um, so they get to know you. You're not a complete stranger, right? And then you're ready for step four. And step four is give, right? So step four is give them something you've got that adds value to them, right? So it depends on what you're doing. Um, if you are a marketing and salesperson, you might be able to say, hey, I noticed that um, in your podcast, you don't have a downloadable freebie. And that might be a way to help 
fast track, you know, conversion to clients. So have you ever thought about putting a freebie there? Or you might be a copy editor and you might say, hey, I caught this mistake on your website. Just want to highlight that for you and let you know, right? Like what is it the thing that you do that you could give that would add value to them, right? So that is a way for them to get to know your work, right? So now they kind of know your name, they've seen you engage, and now it's about giving. And if you can't give them something, if you can't do step four, then why would you collaborate, right? Like what value would they have with collaborating? So you want to think about that, right? So challenge yourself to think about that. It could be, and again, if you know about who they are, their business, their passion projects, some of the things they do in their personal, you know, time based on what they share on social media, there's a huge spectrum of what you could give depending on what your work is, right? And after you've given that and you're not expecting anything in return, it's just from a place of authentic giving. If you see an opportunity, then after time, you can make an ask. And that ask is, I always like to have it with a give, right? So you can, you're taking your relationship, your connection to the next level. We can say, hey, listen, you know, I've been following you for a long time. Uh, you understand I'm in this space of copy or marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Would you be willing to hop on the phone with me, you know, for 20 minutes and we can have an exchange and you know, to thank you for your time, I would like to give you X, Y, Z, right? So asking with a give is a great way to, to keep equilibrium with an individual. And I know when I ask, um, you know, there's been times I've asked my members of Expect Coach Coalition to be present with me during an info session so people can hear from them and not from me. I always say, hey, if you guys wouldn't mind showing up for this hour, I'd love to give you something in return. And that feels it feels generous. It feels like a great way to have balance. So that is step five, ask with a give. And that way you can take your relationship up to the next level and have an exchange. And that forces you to think about what is the value that I have for them, right? And, and how might they be able to use their talents and their amazingness to add value for me? Where is our mutual um, sort of cross over there? right? So that's something you can think about with step five. And I'm, I'm going in um, sort of a very linear way. Of course, these things might happen faster or slower or different organically, but I want to make sure that you think through each of these steps as puzzle pieces to put together to lead to, to really good collaboration. Okay. So once you've thought of that, the next step is really simple. Step six is nurture the relationship where you're being intentional and authentic. Uh, I have one woman that I've actually partnered with. She was introduced to me via a client and we did very much like this where we got to know each other, um, shared about our personal and professional lives, brainstormed, Hey, how could we support each other? And she was the one who was really intentional in keeping up with me, um, saying, Hey, I was thinking about you. This came to mind. Oh, here's an article you might be interested. She was really nurturing the relationship. And I respect, I appreciated that because I felt, um, I valued the relationship and I also saw that as a sign she wanted to nurture it too. So nurture the relationship authentically and with intention. How can you um, let them know that you were thinking of them or saw an article that might be value of them? And that is, again, keeping with that idea of giving, um, but like simple ways, right? Like just, hey, this article came up, that might be useful for you. And then number seven, 
now is the time where you can suggest a collaboration. If, if you've now gotten to know each other more, you know their business, they know yours. And it's kind of that like, ooh, hey, if we did this together, this could benefit you and me, right? And that's step seven. And notice now how different that is from sort of an out of the blue, we should collaborate email, right? That is different. And it is, but what it is, is, and you know what, you might send an email and say we should collaborate and it could turn out to something. But the process I'm suggesting here is actually about building a relationship. And we don't know if collaboration would be a good idea until we do that. And one of the things I just want to highlight here is it could be a bad idea to collaborate too fast before you understand these aspects of them and who they are. Because when you partner with someone, when you collaborate with someone, you you put your brands together and it's almost like a cross-brand endorsement. And if I am collaborating with someone and they are not in alignment with my values, they do not treat their clients in the ways I would want my clients to be treated, that wouldn't feel good for me. I would feel like that would be a mistake for me to collaborate. So that is why it's actually in your best interest. It's as much for you as it is for them. And I have a hunch it's a, it is a better way to get high quality collaboration um, so that you can really enjoy the process of working together. All right. So there you go. Those are some things I wanted to lay out um, step by step because I think it's really understandable when you are taking the lead from, from people who are in the entrepreneurial space, the marketing space, the sales space, and you want to do it like the masters do, like they say you should do. You know, you have templates that you've been given and you should take action with that template. It, it can... Um, kind of shut off our own capacity to be critical thinkers and say, hey, is this really how I want to do it? Is this the best way for me and for them? And this is where I'm offering this as an alternative to say, whoa, slow down. And what if you focus on real connection, real relationship rather than fast, right? And I'm all about fast tracking success, right? Absolutely fast tracking relationships, but like from a, from a place of depth, right? From a place of authenticity um, and from a place of relationship building, right? So this is um, what I'm offering to you as a very simple seven-point process for leading to real collaboration, for for joyful and productive and, and mutually beneficial business partnerships. And it does take intention. It does take time, but the rewards are so worth it. Right. And this process, now that we've talked about these seven pieces, you can see how the, um, my three rants per social media channel, how if we incorporated some of those elements, those pieces in that puzzle that I shared, we could already avoid some of those mistakes or we could enhance what we do uh, and do it better, do it differently right? So this process, um, you can fast track this, obviously, if it's something simple, like inviting someone to be your guest in your podcast or present in your Facebook group, right? It doesn't have to be this long thing, but the same principles I want 
to encourage you to consider, right? That idea of mutual benefit and and giving. Um, Then you've got um, a win-win. All right. That's a lot, but I think it's important. And especially for those of you who are like, you know what? Uh, Maybe I'm not looking for collaborators, but I am looking for clients, (laughs) right? Same steps apply for acquiring new clients. It's all based on authentic interest, understanding their challenges, sharing who you are and giving what you have at your fingertips so they can also get to know your value, right? And when there seems to be a match, you know, that when that energy of like, oh my God, we're so excited that we found each other, then you know it's time to take it to the next level. And this is exactly what I teach in my program, Expat Coach Coalition. Um, If you haven't heard it, the doors have opened on March 22nd, 2021. We are taking applications for Expat Coach Coalition where we dive in on the art of coaching expats, but also the science of business and having a coaching, a healthy coaching business in this place of authenticity and uh, relationship building, but still getting results. So these are some expat coach secrets here. There's more inside the expat coach secret series and even more inside of the program expat coach coalition. So check it all out in the show notes. And remember, I am sharing all of this with you, all of these rants, absolutely with love because I want you to succeed, right? I want you to build long lasting relationships in your field. I want you to find perfect clients, right? And take the right steps for them to be as excited to have found you as you are to have found them, right? And I also get it. You know, I've been doing this for almost eight years that this is hard and we can all look for quick wins or we're always looking for ways to fast track things, right? But relationships is when we center relationships, everything else falls into place, right? So I'm really looking forward to continuing this conversation with you. I want to know what your rants are, right? What are the things that you experience that get under your skin? Hey, and by the way, I am so committed to having you take the right steps to build these relationships. I have created a worksheet for you to document these seven steps and lead you through the process so you stay on it. So go ahead to the show notes and you can grab that worksheet. As you can see, I don't hold back when it comes to helping you fast track your business success. And that is, again, why I'm offering the series Expat Coach Secrets. So if you are not signed up, hurry up because my first power session is happening March 31st, 2021. If you're listening to this later than that, don't worry, still sign up and we can send you what you've missed because it is six weeks of um, goodness for myself and expat coach coalition, where they're giving you inside tips on the art of coaching those in global mobility and also the science of the business of coaching, right? So I'll share my best practice for preventing, uh, regret and curing expat homesickness plus three things you have to stop <laughs> if you want to build a portable six figure business right? So just a taste of my four-month program, Expat Coach Coalition, which is industry-leading professionals where we are united by our passion for serving expats. It's a 
turnkey solution for you to gain the knowledge and strategies required to operate a durable and profitable coaching business with heart that caters to global mobile individuals. All right. So join me in the links in the show notes. I can't wait to see you there through all this goodness. You've been listening to Expert Happy Hour with Sunday Schneider Bean. Thank you for listening. I'll leave you with the words from Ben Stein. Personal relationships are the fertile soil from which all advancement, all success, all achievement in real life grows. Um. <laughs>